The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Hey, guys, real quick. Father's Day is coming up, and Manscaped is the gift for your dad. They're supporting today's episode. Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Father's Day is right around the corner, and you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Perfect Package. Because you know what they say, like father, like son. We love Manscaped over at Film Study and over at Section 336. We're excited that they are bringing a great deal to you. By using the code BIRDLAND, so that's BIRDLAND with a B, you will get 20% off and free shipping on anything over at Manscaped. 
Uh, I've got the lawnmower 3.0 right here. It's awesome. Very impressed with it. I, uh, as a guy that cuts my own hair as well, on the top of my head, I wish they covered that. But this lawnmower does an excellent job. And I'm really excited. Just ordered their new weed whacker to give it a try also, which is your nose and ear trimmer. Uh, they make great products, great blades. Go check it out. As Manscaped says, your balls will thank you. So remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIRDLAND at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BIRDLAND. After all, it's dad bod season and it's time to get smooth. This is Kevin Cusick. I'm joined here today by Connor Keller-Strauss, uh, teacher. From where are you from, Connor? Uh, I'm actually from Kansas City, Missouri, um, which is probably weird uh, that I'm a Ravens fan. A little bit. <clears throat> Chiefs fans are a very loud bunch these days. They were always kind of loud. Oh, they're obnoxious now in terms of of, of their talk. Yeah, very obnoxious. Um, I don't know. The, I've been at the. Uh, last two years when the Ravens have visited Kansas City and I have been a lone purple jersey in a sea of red and uh, I was hoping we would be able to come out with a win and we haven't. Um, now I, I, I've been a Ravens fan now since probably 2008 and that was when I, I kind of got into football and I, I really got into uh, a guy you probably know by the name of Ed Reed. Um, sure. Yeah, he is my all-time favorite player and it started out with just me liking him, watching him, and it turned into now me being a diehard Ravens fan. That, that 2008 season still one of the greatest ever by a defensive player for Ed Reed, and uh, he was very much worthy of the Defensive Player of the Year award. I forget who got it that year. It might have been Harrison of Pittsburgh. Yes, James Harrison. But, uh, but anyway, I, he, was, he was robbed. <laughs> yeah. Pure and simple. Well, anyway, we've got, we've got a topic for you today, folks, that, that is, I think, something people are looking forward to, which is trying to pick out the ascending players in 2020. And so we're not necessarily looking at players who've already done something, but we're looking at, at players who are who are ascending and going to take that step forward to do more in 2020. And uh, Connor, I'll let you start. And we're kind of going to each do our own lists in ascending order. I know we have some overlap here and that's fine. And we'll try and talk about each of these players. But why don't you start with your number five guy? Okay. Uh, well, my number five, and when I did this, uh, these are players that I, I, when I went from five to one of who I stay, who I still think will improve. Uh, like Chuck Clark, he, he took the reins over of the defense last year. He's my number five player. Um, in my opinion, uh, just because the front seven is a little bit more bolstered this year, um, he will have more control. He'll be more comfortable with the defense and having better players in front of him, uh, will allow him to make more plays. Um, also because our secondary is so stacked, um, opposing teams, um, are they going to pick on Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Earl Thomas? They might try to pick on Chuck Clark, which, uh, I think will provide him more opportunities to make more plays. Um, I, I think my prediction this year is that uh, he will end up being the Ravens' leading tackler, uh, as well as having multiple interceptions, multiple sacks, and multiple forced fumbles. 
Okay, that's pretty bold to get to get two two plus of each of those items. That would be that definitely be a very solid year. Uh, Clark, one of my favorites. I'm very glad they've locked him up. They clearly believe in him as the signal caller based on comments Harbaugh has made. Uh, Harbaugh, in an interview, you can't trust everything he says. He does a lot of coach speak, a lot of you know keeping information to himself. Doesn't really want to show you what's in his hand in terms of how he really feels about an individual player. But with someone like Clark, when he takes the time to say he's bold, brilliant, and brief in terms of his defensive signal calling, you know he's probably going to stay in that role. So I think that'll be a good thing for Clark. Um, I I expect him to stay in the combination role where he plays the deep safety on normal rundowns where they have the nickel uh, on the field and move up to play dime. Uh, when they do that on the obvious passing downs, I still believe the Ravens will go with a lot of dime, even though they've, they've bolstered their inside linebacker core this year. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely a good one to, to have Clark take a step forward from where he was last year, which is pretty damn good, would be fantastic for the Ravens. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to go with nine number five guy on my list. I think he might be on yours as well as Ben Powers. Um, the Ravens don't have a lot of automatic decisions made. In fact, they really don't have any of the decisions made on the interior offensive line. Powers is in my group because I think he has the the proper minimum arm length to play that right guard position, but he could also play left guard. He seems to be the practice incumbent heading into 2020, uh, which I hope is going to give him an inside track into into winning one of those two spots. Yeah, and I was... Uh, I was glad we finally got to see Ben Powers uh, in action last year, uh, week 17 against the Steelers, um, and against one of the more formidable fronts uh, in the NFL. I thought he did a great job. Um, I know you grade offensive linemen a little differently. I'm not sure how you had him graded in that game, uh, but it was nice to see him play well. Yeah, no no negative events for Powers in that game. 25 out of 29 made blocks, which was uh, an, an A for the game. So very solid uh, effort for him in that last game. And like you mentioned it, not only were the the Steelers very good up front, they were motivated and the Ravens are playing shorthanded. So it was, it was a very impressive way for powers to play. It wasn't a full game. I would like to see him play all the snaps, but it was good to see him get in that uh, getting in that first game. Absolutely. Um, Moving on to my number four, I was very hesitant uh, to put Lamar Jackson on this list, but um, because honestly, I don't know that he will have a better statistical season um, in his career in terms of what he did this last year. It was something special to watch, um, but in a in a Mahomes-like fashion, I feel like he's going to improve in other areas that may not necessarily show up on paper. Um, I think he'll be better outside the numbers. Um, I think he'll be better outside the pocket, which it's kind of weird. A lot of a lot of people outside, uh, you know, they picture Lamar as a running quarterback, but he was fantastic inside the pocket last mm-hmm. season. Um, and then I want to see him get more comfortable at the line of scrimmage. I don't know how much control he has in, in you know, in checking to other plays, uh, but I look for him to take another step forward. Yeah, I, I think you're right on every single point there. The, the field general component of it, I think, is where Lamar is going to make – Big strides forward, not necessarily all in 2020, but over the next couple of years. And I like one of the things that a regular guest on the show says, Coach Evans, when he says when he loses his speed, he's going to he's going to be Russell Wilson. I think that's exactly kind of the way I see it it playing out is that he's going to make up 
for some of what he loses in speed naturally, whether it's due to just age or whether it's age and injuries, and that's always a possibility as well. Over time, he will lose some of that speed and and um, and not be as elusive as he is right now. Of course, a lot of that also is based on his ability to read leverage. So it's really not all about raw speed where I don't think he's at. I don't think he's as fast, for example, as Michael Vick is, even though that was a big deal when his Madden rating got increased. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, but I think if they if they had a foot race, RG3 claims he can beat him. And I'm not sure he's wrong. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know that he's wrong on that. Um, and like you said, especially uh, his ability to re-leverage. And I know you always are big on the mesh point, uh, how him and Mark Ingram have, have it mastered. Um just watching what Lamar does to not only linebackers and linemen, but defensive backs and that San Francisco game, um, putting that corner on skates, uh, in such a little tight space. Um, yeah, I, I don't, hopefully he'll have that skill for a few more years to come. Yeah, that was, that was something to watch, but it was the whole, whole season, such a magic carpet ride. I want to get back to the, 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 the notion that you made, which I think is 100% correct, is that he's not going to necessarily take a step forward statistically. This does not make us Lamar Jackson haters. You know, we clearly both speak very positively, gushingly over the guy. I think he's going to improve in a number of categories uh, relative to where he was personally. But the problem is the rest of the league has a ton of ground to make up. And Jackson can only improve a little bit from where he was this last year. And the, the league is going to do a better job of making up ground on Jackson than Jackson can on the league. It's just, you know, Jackson is essentially out there having to create new ways to beat defenses, which is very difficult to do. Whereas the other teams need to just figure out how can we neutralize 20 or 30% of what Lamar Jackson can do. And, and they could uh, uh, be more effective at that. So I, I think the league will catch up to Jackson more than Jackson will outpace, continue to outpace the league. Uh, I totally agree with you. All right. So my next guy on the list, let me make sure I have it, is Deshaun Elliott. Now, Deshaun Elliott, I think, will get a chance on the back end in the dime defense this year. I think that we'll see Clark again, as I mentioned earlier, play that dime back role, which is next to the inside linebacker as a, kind of a second inside linebacker on passing downs. Give the Ravens that great short area coverage they got it from Anthony Levine in 2018. And Deshaun Elliott, I think, will get the first chance on the back end. Now, some of this is a question mark because Harbaugh has already mentioned Jimmy Smith may play on the back end. The way I look at that is that Jimmy Smith is the team's best backup at corner. He's also the team's probably best option as of right now at deep safety in the dime defenses next to Thomas, the second guy who'd be playing on the back end. And I think paradoxically that could mean he should be sitting on the bench and only play when he's really needed because Jimmy Smith at safety is an injury risk. Jimmy Smith anywhere is an injury risk. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, both Jimmy and Deshaun, um, unfortunately hit his start to his career has been rough and, uh, I don't even know how much the coaches have got. I mean, I'm sure obviously they've seen more than we have, but how much the coaches have been able to see of Deshaun's potential and his fit in this defense. Cause to me, he's a super talented guy. He was great at Texas, um, and he just hasn't been able to maintain his health long enough in order to give himself a chance. Um, I, I hope that he can finish this season, because I don't know your opinion on this, but if he were to go down again, yeah. uh, would he remain on the team? He's, he'd be a cut risk in year four. And, and you know, honestly, there are people who believe he might be a cut risk this year. I don't honestly believe that. 
but but you know obviously most important most <laughs> most important ability is availability and Elliot has not been so far what I to your first point though I think he's done a very good job on the back end in the preseason yes. and that what he's done there basically tells me he's earned the right to fail now the thing that's also lost him the right to fail is the fact that he hasn't been healthy so let's be honest about that but I would I like his ability to stick his head and neck into a running back better than I want Jimmy Smith risking that and having our fourth corner all of a sudden go down. And then you'd be talking about Averett or Iman Marshall, uh, you know, getting playing time. And uh, while I want the, to see those guys, I want to know what they have. I don't want to have that be a baptism under fire when the Ravens really need to win. Yes, and we saw how quickly uh, at the beginning of last year uh, we talked all about the depth of our secondary, and we still have it this year, but how quickly that can go away. Um, and, you know, we had Marlon Humphrey playing in the slot a lot earlier. Same can be said about Jimmy at safety, Deshaun at safety. If we don't have anybody available, uh, something happens to Earl or Chuck. Um, there's not many, op- not many more options outside of those two guys. Right. It's, you know, it could be Geno Stone is getting playing time. I do think he'll be on the roster. Um, I don't think they're going to try and practice squad him or anything. I think he makes the team. And I think he very well could get playing time in year one, which would be kind of unusual for a, um, you know, a first year defender like that. Yeah, very unusual. Right. So especially a seventh round pick. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I lost track. Who's it's your turn now, right? With your number three guy. Yeah, number three, uh, and I think this is one that we probably have somewhere on our list here. Uh, number three for me is Miles Boykin. Um, I absolutely love this kid. Um, he's extremely athletic. We got to see that at the Combine before he was drafted. Um, I'm going to put a little shameless thing out there, I guess. Uh, this draft, a lot of Ravens fans wanted us to draft Denzel Mims, and while Mims may have some skills maybe his ability to win 50 50 balls uh over miles boykin miles boykin is a better athlete and he has a similar skill set similar body type and so to me we've been drafting the same player except denzel mims cannot uh run block like miles boykin can um and and i believe he's just going to have more opportunities Uh, i know in some of the uh film breakdown that i've seen miles was open several times this year and it's just lamar uh you know unfortunately not seeing him and Right now, Lamar has chemistry with Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, and hopefully this offseason he's able to build some with Miles Boykin. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, across the board on that, except for the Mims run blocking comment, I, I really liked Mims as a run blocker, and I like his frame. I didn't think he overextended as much as a run blocker. So I thought he was a guy they, they could have gotten, and, and you know they don't have him, so it doesn't really matter now. But the Ravens are a little bit smallish out of the slot where I would have liked them to be a larger team in terms of at least outside receivers. And uh, you know they went and they got uh, you know a couple of guys who are not huge. Uh, hopefully DuVernay is going to be a, a, a decent blocker at, the, at this level. He's kind of built like a safety as opposed to being built like a, uh, you know, a taller uh, outside receiver. But, uh, but anyway, I, 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 Boykin and Ferguson, who, who is the next guy on my list, are, are the two guys who I thought were the most important to improve their individual positional skills this offseason. And I've heard some and read some about Boykin doing a lot of film study. Getting with Jackson is obviously very key. And then getting earning Jackson's trust by having a little bit better hands this year. 
and uh, and bringing down some of those deep balls uh, would be great. I mean, I, I it's it's easy to get caught up in yardage totals, and um, you know, I I don't think he's going to get to be a ninety target guy this year, but it sure would be nice if Boykin could have a hell of a lot more targets than twenty two. Uh, given how good he could be. Yes, and uh, and one of the things that I like to hear, he recently interviewed, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago, and he went out out of his own pocket, bought his own jugs machine. Yes. Um, yeah, that's outstanding. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I love to hear that kind of stuff too. Uh, buy their own jugs machine, you know, is hiring their own fitness coach or positional. Res- I, I love this stuff. But uh, but yeah, that was that was definitely a commitment to personal positional skills. That's very very positive. Okay, now we both had Miles Boykin number three. I noticed here, so uh, why don't you go ahead and name your number two guy from here? Okay, so my number two. Um, I, again, this was tough for me. Um, I, I wanted to go with a pass rusher here, and so I went ahead and went with uh, our proven one, Matt Judon. Um, over his four seasons, he's been productive, uh, and he is obviously extremely versatile. Uh, he could drop into coverage. He can do a little bit of everything. But I think this is the year that he breaks into the double-digit sack realm, and it's due to uh, the better front seven in front of him. Um, if they're playing some type of even front, and we have Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, Derek Wolf, and Matt Judon, let's say it's a four-man rush, I would – have to think that opposing teams would have to double team both Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams. And even though uh, Judon benefited, uh, you know, coming off of a lot of blitzes last year, uh, I like him winning one-on-one matchups um, and not having to necessarily worry about double teams. I don't know that he's had to up to this point, but I think just having the threat of other pass rushers will help him out. Yeah, I, I think that's a possibility. I think the other thing I like about Judon is They've got tremendous interior stunt and pick players, whether under or over. And Judon will benefit more from being the over guy who, who benefits from players like Campbell, like Matabike, frankly, like Wolf, who are all great underneath um, uh, pick players. And it, it, it's often, by the way, paradoxically, it's often the underneath guy who's kind of almost giving himself up by crossing the face, who is often the player who gets the better pass rush opportunity because one block has to peel off him and try to pick up Judon, picking that, that A or B gap, let's say, that he's going to rush through. And that often leaves him blocked at a 45-degree angle where he'll get the better opportunity. So the underneath guy often is the one who does it, but, but Judon definitely has the quickness, so does Bowser, to really take advantage of, uh, of of some of these interior picks and that, that can be set, and both inside linebackers could well be feasting off that. Uh, so I, I I look forward to uh, uh, to seeing Harrison and uh, and Queen each takes it take advantage of that as well. I I picked a, a pass rusher as well for my number two guy. I took Jalen Ferguson. The Ravens are going to depend. It looks like to me on him more as a run defender this year. I think that he's going to get more of those snaps. I think he'll be on for less pure pass rushing snaps and less of the passing downs. Some still, but I think less of them. And he's going to really need to turn that great bull rush into great edge setting. And he did better at the end of last year, but he was part of the problem in that San Francisco game for 35 minutes of tremendous weakness against those uh, those edge runs. Yeah, and there was a, a clear difference in that San Francisco game. And, and just me watching the game, I didn't notice the difference until actually I listened to your podcast and realized that uh, they replaced him with Jihad Ward. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I'm glad that he was able, not, not glad because Pernell McPhee went down, uh, but he was able to get so much experience last year. Uh, we re-signed Pernell McPhee, who I think is going to be a great mentor, a great teacher to him. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited for Jalen Ferguson. He was next on my list. Uh, I, I was unsure of whether to put him or Judon, and I just I went Judon just because I think he'll finally have his big breakout double-digit double sack year. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, 52.3 percent of the of the um, snaps last year for Ferguson, and you're right. It's it's kind of unusual that a player like him gets a gets a lot of playing time in year one, and it was out of necessity. And fortunately, it uh, it I don't think it hurt the defense too much. He needs to be more productive individually, and he needs to be a better run defender. But I I think that trial by fire certainly, you know. Worked in fine in the middle of a 14 and two season, so it's that wasn't the issue. Um, it's uh, it's just he, he's one of the players who really needed individual positional improvement. You mentioned McPhee. I think McPhee does things to rush the passer with his hands that Ferguson needs to emulate. He needs to take more time to uh, take more time, uh, take the opportunity to be violent with his hands rather than trying to extend and push. Uh, and, and use that bull rush, which is very effective. But, um, it, you know, you have length. You don't have to just use that as length. You can also use it to be first to be violent. So uh, uh, I like I like Ferguson to improve. I really hope uh, this is a season he becomes that great edge defender. Yes, 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 absolutely. Okay, your, your turn. That was my number two guy. Okay, uh, my number one, and I'm going to assume that we probably have the same guy. Uh, I'm going with Marquise Hollywood Brown. Um, he has been posting video of himself this offseason, and it is clear that he is healthy finally. Um, he looks so fast, so smooth, uh, and the fact that him and Lamar are such good friends, um, I, I think he definitely takes that next step. Uh, plus, I think it's a trend that uh, second-year wide receivers generally take a, take a pretty big leap. Um, I actually put out a prediction, and I was probably, uh, I don't know, maybe a little too biased. Uh, but my prediction a couple weeks ago was that he will have 75 catches, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. And breaking that down to, uh, I don't know, on, on a per-game basis, it doesn't seem too out of the realm. And, and I think that's going to happen, especially, uh, like you said, with, with defenses sort of demystifying Lamar Jackson. They have a full season of tape on him, finally. Um I think he's going to have to be throwing the ball a little bit more, and he's uh, got a target that he can rely on. Right. I, I, it doesn't sound completely out of range, but it would take a very good season with about 130 targets for Brown to get to 1,200 yards. So that's that's a lot of targets. It's it's you know it's more than anybody has gotten obviously in several years, but uh, it's uh, it's it's definitely not out of the realm. And if anywhere to buddy were to do it, you know. Uh, Brown could be the guy that uh, that would that would get that much activity. I have loved these videos. I've just absolutely been, you know, slavering over these videos and the way he's catching these balls one-handed off the jugs machine. It's just, it's really something to see. Uh, he's so dialed in. And the other thing I've loved this offseason is how Brown and Jackson, who are second-year players, are setting a standard for their teammates terms of investing in your own career it's something so important for young football players to do i think miles boykin has done it and we've occasionally seen it in the past and and had it really be evident i think ryan jensen did it um i honestly have to say i don't think joe flacco did do it i don't think he put he he put in the time particularly with his other receivers 
in the way he might have. Now, he was he was best friends with Dennis Pitta, so maybe it's not true, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, and I know he always, he was always criticized for that, and I don't know if it was, especially towards the, the later part of Flacco's career, of you, you're constantly bringing in new veterans, and, and maybe, I don't know, he, he didn't want to build chemistry with them. Um, I, I thought it was unique in the fact that uh, front office uh, management had asked Lamar uh, who he wanted. I, I read this somewhere. Um, and he said either Hollywood uh, when he was drafted or Jerry Judy uh, in this draft. And so when you have uh, a front office that's willing to go out and get their quarterback, their guy, uh, I think that only uh, bodes well for the success of the, that quarterback and wide receiver. I, I don't know if they did that with Joe Flacco or not. Um, uh, I've never I've never heard of it. Uh, you know, Flacco playing his career where he did, it might, he might not have played with a lot of guys. And of course, uh, Lamar, uh, playing in the ACC, had a lot more opportunities to see other good receivers, at least through that league, and probably you know, talk to them after games. And he grew up, of course, with Brown in the same city, so you know, reasonable, reasonable choice there. Yeah, yeah. it's... Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think that and what you spoke to is their leadership, you know, leading by example, uh, these off-season workouts, making sure that they're improving. Um, uh, it's outstanding. Uh, one other quality that I want to point out of Hollywood is uh, him not shying away from any type of spotlight. Um, if it was a primetime game, and I mean, obviously week one, they were both back home in Miami, uh, the Rams game, even the playoff game, Hollywood Brown showed up to play, and mm-hmm. we need someone that in those big moments uh, is going to be there for Lamar. And I-, I hope we see that throughout the season and in next year's playoffs as well. Yeah, we really, I mean, week two, Arizona, that great catch. I mean, there's so many things technically good about the way he made that catch on the sideline against Arizona. And, you know, it's one of those throws that supposedly has a very low catch percentage associated with it. But, I mean, he made space on that sideline for himself as he went down the sideline. And then he cut diagonally to the football at the exact correct moment. It was just one of those, it was a thing of beauty to watch that be, uh, a perfect dime right on the money and, and, you know, effectively win the game for them right there. And he had a, a similar catch like that against Kansas city, I believe. Um, and then he had that one hander. These are all on the right against side. Against Tennessee. Line. Yeah. Yeah. His ability to track the ball. It's, it's impressive. Um, and I didn't really get to watch him a whole lot in college. And I, I think the Ravens, uh, I think they nailed it with that draft pick. Yeah. That's uh, uh, it's been a good one. All right. Well, Connor, we, we, uh, We've really appreciated you joining us uh, here on the show. We'd love to have you back again if you have another topic. I mean, we just this is the kind of thing that develops organically on Twitter. Uh, you know, we, we uh, came up with a, a topic and just yesterday, and all of a sudden you're, we're recording today, and we're, we appreciate you being here and doing this with us. We'd love to have you on again the next time a, a topic tickles your fancy. But uh, thanks for doing it. And where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at C Kellerstrass, um, and I can spell that out, uh, C, capital C, and then K-E-L-L-E-R-S-T-R-A-S-S. Um, and Ken, I can't thank you enough. Uh, this is this is really cool. Um, you were actually the first uh, Ravens podcast that I started listening to. I, I saw some of your tweets and then uh, found you on Spotify, and I've been listening ever since. Um, so it's, it's really cool to be a part of it, and I appreciate you having me on. Okay, well, that's that's great to hear. And uh, make sure if you if you follow Connor, 
uh, tag him occasionally on something or uh, just ask him a question sometime. And that's how you get a lot of great discussions going on Twitter. And so you build up some great Twitter friendships doing it that way and just great discussion groups for something we're all very passionate about. If you have something you'd like to talk to me about on a film study short, that's what this is. Please uh, contact me on Twitter. We'll work it out, I'm sure. And uh, and uh, if it's an interesting topic or a topic you're passionate about, all the better. If you've done some research, that's cool, too. Happy to happy to introduce that on the on the program. Thanks for listening again, Connor. Thanks for being here. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.